We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Happy Saturday, happy weekend, everybody. Memorial Day is almost upon us, which means summertime. I am Jason Perrone, along with my every Saturday co-hosts, Mark Eckel and Paul Brettel. Mark, how's the beach today? Wonderful. Good. You, know, you know, today we're, we're, we're actually doing this on, on a Friday, right? We, Friday. We, we tape on Friday. I was supposed to get married today. That's Everybody right. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to <laughs> But because of the virus and everything, you know, even though things are opening here, um, you know, I, I, I really didn't want to be, I didn't really want to stand six feet away from my wife to be. Yeah. So, um, we actually, so we, we moved it back. But, but yeah, so I wouldn't have been doing this with you guys today. So I see something good came out of it, right? Uh, I well, I, I guess so. As long as everyone's happy and, and you're okay, you're okay to delay, but you're not alone. There's a lot of people delaying a lot of yeah, things right I'm now. The only one that had to postpone weddings. No, for sure. I, you know, we're, we're old. It's not like we're trying to start a family. <laughs> <laughs> which, which of course, you know, makes you what non, a non-essential couple. <laughs> I'm joking. Exactly. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, Paul Brettel over there in Wisconsin. How are things in the Dairyland? Ah, fantastic! It is springtime, and I love it. Absolutely, it looks. I, I've got visual of Paul. I'm I'm actually the lucky one. I get to see Paul while we record this, and I can see the sun shining in through the window. So. That's always a very welcome sight in Wisconsin. All the snow is melted? Oh, yeah, it's been melted for a while. 
They actually got snow. I'm from Jersey originally. They actually got snow last last week in in New Jersey. Like last weekend, they had they had like a dusting. Believe it or not. Well, I know the Milwaukee area, or at least Waukesha, got a little bit of snow last weekend too. It didn't stick, but it fell. Yeah, I don't I don't miss that. You don't miss that either, do you? Please? No, I don't. But then, you know, then the thing is, is you know, when you go from winter to spring, your honeydew list just changes from shoveling to mowing. So <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's that's just the way it goes. But we are the benefits of some really good timing. Like Mark said, we're recording this on Friday so that it's up and ready for you early on Saturday. And as you can imagine, the three of us are going to be dissecting the comments of Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers as he spoke to the media on Friday in a conference call. So, gentlemen, we've talked a little bit about it. We have to lead off with the obvious low-hanging fruit because there were several questions asked about this of Rodgers, and that is the the first-round selection of Jordan Love in the draft. So the first question really was just what are your thoughts on the on the Jordan Love pick Aaron Rodgers in in summary basically said he he was surprised he used the ter- he used the words that he wasn't thrilled but that was if you, in context i think he was just being honest there his bigger point was that he understands and respects the organization and what they have to do not just for today but in moving forward so guys we've been through this before about 12 years ago we went through this with the summer of Favre Mark, you were covering the NFL at the time. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think his comments are all that surprising. You knew he was gonna gonna kind of toe the line there and and support the team, right? Absolutely. And he he, he said it, he said the right things, and he didn't. You know, he was honest. Um, I want to say this first. I you have to give the Packers, the Packers PR department, I guess, and Aaron Rodgers both some credit. I mean, I like you said, I, I covered the league a long time, and I've seen the way. Access has gone from when I first started covering the team back in the 80s to now. Um, they didn't have to do this. There was no rule that required them to make Rodgers available to the media. And Rodgers could have said, and even if the Packers wanted to make him available, Rodgers could have said, no, no, I'm not doing a media. I don't want to. So give them both credit for, for putting him out there, getting the story out. I thought, you know, so let's start with that. But, um, I mean, you know, he wasn't thrilled. Of course he wasn't thrilled. I mean, no. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, the the wide receiver in 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 Las Vegas isn't thrilled that the Raiders took Henry Ruggs with their first pick. I mean, you're never any player isn't thrilled when you get when another player gets picked at your position, especially quarterback when there's only one on the field at a time. So no, he could of course you know of course he wasn't thrilled. And so people are going to make a big deal of that that he him saying he was, and I'm sure there are people out there already making a big deal of it. That's just people looking for something that isn't there. Yeah, and I think there was another question asked about why he wasn't thrilled with the pick. And, Paul, I know you listened to Rogers' comments. You know, I think he was honest, said mostly the surprise was just based on the fact that the controllables that he has in terms of when he finishes playing in Green Bay and wanting to play into his 40s aren't there as much, right? Yeah, absolutely. And first off, I just want to say that I thought Rogers did an excellent job, which what, what I is what I expected. He was honest. Um, with it uh, positive as well with everything that was asked of them. And it, it should have been expected if you're, if there were those out there waiting for, you know, some sort of headline grab for, you know, him to become on angry. That's just not him, and that wasn't going to happen. So, But I thought he did an excellent job. And, yeah, in terms of him not being thrilled, like Mark said, I mean, of course, would Rodgers have preferred a receiver? Absolutely. But in terms of why he's not thrilled, it's as you said, it's about – 
maybe the realization for him has kind of hit all of us that his career is coming to an end and he still has four years on his contract. Beloved's window is four years on a rookie deal for the Packers with a fifth year option. We've seen the formula, you know, Carson Wentz in Philly, Jared Goff in LA, um, other players as well, quarterbacks, they've had success or Patrick Mahomes in Kansas city. You've had teams have had success quarterbacks on the rookie deal. You build around them. The Packers are going to want to do that if they can. And so as Roger said, that is an, this is an added element that he wasn't planning for. And now it's a bit of a wrench thrown into, well, am I going to be able to finish out my career in green Bay? And at this point, I mean, chances are, he's not going to, I think chances are before this, were leaning that way as well because I mean we look back Peyton Manning Brett Favre um, now Tom Brady most of these guys go on to finish elsewhere it's just the nature of the beast but now with Love coming in first round pick on his rookie deal the Packers feel that he's ready and they can dump Rodgers contract and then build around Love they're going to go that route and then for Rodgers who's talked about a bunch of times how um, how he wants to finish his career here and how much that means to him and his legacy and what it means to be a Green Bay Packers quarterback. Um, I think that, you know, it just caught him off guard, as he had mentioned. Well, and we were talking before we started, Mark, you asked a great question, which is for those that are hoping there's a way that Rodgers finishes his career in Green Bay, he might, but when was the last great quarterback in the NFL that finished a long career with the same team? And we had to think about it, right? I don't have one, right? I mean, like I said, unless you think Eli Manning is great, and some do. I mean, some think he's a Hall of Famer. Then it would be Eli Manning, who played his entire career with the Giants, even though he was drafted by the Chargers. Uh, <laughs> oh, I guess the answer is Elway, right? Would be the last. That's, That's what came to mind for me. If the, yeah, off the top of my head, I think you're right. It just That's... doesn't just doesn't happen as much now, and the game's changed a lot, and free agency has changed a lot, but I think I think that's that's pretty much the the extent of it so then it actually that actually kind of made the Rodgers answer to you know his asked about his role about helping Jordan Love along knowing that he didn't get you know Brett Favre was vocal about not feeling like he had to develop Aaron Rodgers or help him you know prepare him to play or help him in practice Rodgers said exactly what you'd expect about him based on the comments he's made throughout his career about the relationships he's had with his teammates not just other quarterbacks but his teammates. He feels good about those relationships he's had, and he looks forward to having those conversations with Jordan Love. I mean, they haven't been on the field yet, so everything's going to get dissected. I mean, the body language police has become such a big thing over the past decade since we've got so many angles and, and TV cameras. And there's, I mean, it used to be, Mark, you and I remember this. Paul, you probably maybe don't as much, but there was one camera. It was on the action. If you, you know, if you were lucky to get a view of somebody on the sideline, but and now there's just cameras everywhere, and we know that because you had, you know, the Booger McFarland cam thing on Monday Night Football and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's all going to get dissected, but I feel like that was genuine. That was the thing, Paul. I think you're right. Rogers was really genuine in his answers. He was positive, and he, but he wasn't over the top or canned. So I, I tend to believe, you know, that, that that was the case. He was also asked, kind of the last thing I took away from the Jordan Love questions was, will the pick add kind of a chip to Roger's shoulder? And he kind of quashed it pretty quickly. He said he's never really felt like he's needed external motivation. His, his main motivation is to play consistently as he gets older. He knows that the most important thing is his legs as a quarterback Last year he said he felt amazing. That was the word he used. Was he felt amazing in this offseason. He's had more time to get 
his body ready and work out. His goal is still to play into his 40s. Mark, when you watch Aaron Rodgers this past season, do you see a guy that you could see playing? I mean, a lot can happen between the next three years, but do you or the next? I shouldn't say the next three years, but um, you know, I, I th- actually, yeah, next three years. Do you think? Do you see a guy that could potentially play into his 40s? Can he play into his 40s? Sure, absolutely. Can he be the Aaron Rodgers that that was an MVP and a Super Bowl winner into his 40s? I'm not so sure about that. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. I don't. The last two years, Rodgers was okay. I mean, he was good. I mean, I, and again, we he set the bar so high that we expect Superman every week. Last year, he was Clark Kent some weeks. Mm-hmm. He wasn't Superman. I mean, he was. There were games where I shook my head and said, wow, you know, the, the quarterback would have played well. They probably would have won this game a little easier. Now, they were 13-3, and three, so that's pretty darn good. And I'm not going to blame him for the three losses, especially the Eagle, the Eagle game. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two were just everybody played bad. So, um, But he wasn't, he wasn't great. I, I can't say he was great last year. I, I thought he was good. He was a good quarterback. He, he was certainly not, you know, reason to, to, to panic about him, but, and he's, you know, I've seen guys, you know, I've, I've seen guys just, it goes all at once sometimes. Donovan McNabb, who I covered his whole career in Philly, and they, and the guy that got, he got traded. Remember, you know, who thought that was going to happen, but they, and they traded him in the division, which was amazing. Um, but he went to Redskins, when he went to the Redskins, he wasn't, he, the Eagles knew exactly when to get rid of Donovan McNabb. And he was, Actually, bad with. I mean, he wasn't even good. He wasn't even average with the Redskins. He was bad with the Redskins. Um, so I mean, it, it could happen. I mean, not. You know, I love Aaron saying, "I want to. I want to play into my forties." Well, that doesn't mean you will. And again, it's a football's a violent game. He's been. He has been hurt. Um, you know, injuries. Injuries over the next year or two will will certainly decide if he's able to play into his forties or not. Well, the interesting thing too that he said was. And part of this might have played a factor, Paul. I know you probably caught this as well when he was asked about, are there going to be verbiage changes in the offense? Because I think last year Matt LaFleur tried to accommodate to an extent, uh, maybe not accommodate, but he tried to mix working his offense in and and establishing his offense with keeping Aaron Rodgers comfortable with some of the stuff he's done in the past. So you still heard some of the same cadences and things like that. But Rodgers said you know, he doesn't envision – being able to play without a wristband for the foreseeable future just because it's it's a different system, getting the call in, calling in a number versus a longer cadence into the helmet speaker. You know, they want to get the ball up to the line of scrimmage, make their checks from there, and keep the tempo up. So, you know, I wonder, Paul, any thoughts on – I mean, do you, so do you think that played a big factor last year, or do you think it was it – was, do you think age is maybe creeping up on Rodgers? What do you think about the whole 40? Um, I certainly think that if he wants to play into his 40s, he can. But, you know, as we've talked about, is he going to be the same Aaron Rodgers that we're used to? Not at all. And, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers that we've seen over the last two years isn't the prime Aaron Rodgers that we've grown accustomed to. And like Mark said, he set the bar ridiculously high. Um, But I think in today's NFL, and especially with the way LeFleur is um, taking the offense more run-oriented, and I know that word's been thrown around a lot since the draft. We still have Aaron Rodgers on our center. This offense isn't going to become the Tennessee Titans, but it is going to be more of a focus with the play action. You know, that's going to take the ball out of his hands more, limit the hits, 
hopefully extend his health as well. Uh, but a couple other things that I wanted to add from the Jordan Love thing. Rogers mentioned that his goals are still the same. You know, I, I just sat here a few minutes ago and talked about how, you know, this might speed up his process, might speed up the timing for his way out of Green Bay, but he still wants to play into his early 40s. He still wants to finish his career a Packer, and he says that he can still control the way he plays, which is ultimately true. If he's, you know, if he's still head and shoulders above Jordan Love three years from now, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very difficult for the Packers just to move on from him. Um, and then he also mentioned as, as well, he's aware that others in his situation have have gone to other teams. You know, we've talked about the Favs, Mannings, Brady's, and I think that that was kind of his way of saying, you know, if I am, or he did say, I am, if I am healthy, still playing at a high level in a few years, I think that was his way of saying he is, you know, might be open to that, to going to a different team to continue playing. That's me reading the tea leaves. He didn't say that at all, but that was my interpretation of it. And then the last thing was, he said he learned from Favre, and he wants to bring that to his relationship with Jordan Love. He also added that um, Love didn't ask to be drafted to Green Bay. It wasn't his choice, and that he, they had a nice phone call after the draft um, and just to get to know each other a little bit. You know, that's the big thing with all this. Everyone's been speculating how is Rodgers going to react. If there's one quarterback in this league who is going to understand what Jordan Love is going through and have some empathy towards it, it's Aaron Rodgers. He went exactly through this. You know, he's going to understand the shoes that Jordan Love is in right now. And you would think that that would, you know, while it's not his job to mentor him by any means, you think he's going to be a little more open to it. Yeah, all all of those things you would expect from someone like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it would be a pretty rough look for him not to be empathetic to some of the stuff that Love may be going through, even though Rodgers now realizes, hey, I'm the old guy, so to speak, in the equation. So, again, not a surprise there in terms of, you know, like we said, we we're pleased with the way Rodgers handled this, and, and I say that in terms of, like you said, Paul, you, you didn't really give a lot of, a lot of material for those that are looking for a headline grab. I mean, Florio's going to find a way to spin it, and and you saw saw and I saw there was already somebody who put out a, an article before the press conference was even over that said Rogers in quotes not thrilled with Love Pick. But if you don't put context behind it, then you know what are you going to do? Mark, you worked, you've been in the business for a long time, and you know comments get made by players. What is the responsibility of the writer to to convey the right context in what is said? Well, it's not hard. I mean, you see that, and that, the business has changed, and it's one of a thousand reasons I kind of got out of it. Is that you know when I when I at the, the height of my coverage, we weren't we didn't care about clicks, we didn't care about views. We we wanted to do a good job and and write a good story. Um, now it's all about, you know, clickbait and, and put a fancy headline. And, you know, if the headline says, you know, Rogers isn't thrilled with pick, people, ooh, I want to, even if, like, if non-Packer fans are going to, ooh, Aaron Rodgers is mad about it, they're going to read it, right? If it says, you know, Aaron Rodgers likes whatever, whatever you know what I'm saying? You guys understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about, it's, we used to call it tabloid journalism back in the day because, of, because the, you know, the, the New York tabloids would always have the big back page, you know, funny sometimes headlines or you know the, the attention grabbers but that's everybody does that now so it's just the way the world and I, I i as an old school journalist i don't like it at all um but i like i want to go back to what, what paul said earlier 
what if Rodgers, and, and again, he said he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder and, and, and he's not about that, but you know he wants to, I mean, he has, not that, he, that every year should, he should want to win and, he, and want to do well, obviously, and, I, and he's a very, he's a competitor, but there is incentive now. I mean, there's, if they don't draft Jordan Love, if, if they draft a receiver there, an offensive lineman, whatever, it's rough. Tim Boyle's not beating out. Tim Boyle's not a threat to Aaron Rodgers, right? And he's just not. Jordan Love, I'm not going to say he's a threat, but there is, in the back, like he said, in the back of his mind, I might not finish my career here now. But what if he does take it back to back, take it back to the Aaron Rodgers M- MVP level? What if the next? What if they win a Super Bowl next year or the year after, and Rodgers is, is MVP again? What that, do you do? What, it, I mean, it's a great scenario. I'm not going to complain about that at all as a Packers fan. No, great scenario. <laughs> right, it's a great scenario. But what I mean, what what happens to Jordan Love? <laughs> well, we've seen we've seen Brian Gutekunst surprise us and do some things that weren't expected in the past couple seasons in terms of the draft, maybe even free agency. I don't know how much everybody foresaw last year's free agency boon with the four big names that they signed. So I can't say that I know what he would do in that situation. Does he take the the approach of ride the horse if it's, you know, if it's healthy? Or does he say, well, Aaron Rodgers has prime value and, and before he drops off, Let's make a move here and stockpile for the future, and let's hand the keys over to our other young stallion in the stable. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really, honestly, know what he would do in that case, Paul. I don't know what your thoughts are. I would hope that he would stay with them. In Mark's scenario, if he's a Super Bowl champ, MVP caliber player, I mean, this is the most important position in sports. And yeah, he's maybe in the final, you know, at that point, maybe in the final year or two of his career. If he's coming off an MVP season, for me anyways, you ride with the hot hand um, and see if you can duplicate it and do it again. I mean, as we've seen, winning Super Bowls are hard. So if you have Aaron Rodgers playing Aaron Rodgers MVP football, you ride that. Yeah, or do you go the other direction and do they trade love and say, okay, we're going to get some good capital back for a a hot prospect. But but is, is love still a hot prospect if he hasn't played? Right, big question mark. There, I th- what I think the perfect scenario would be, and I don't, I mean, it's ideal, is again Rodgers. If Rodgers is Super Bowl, they win a Super Bowl. He's he puts up, he's back to 2010 form, um, and Love isn't playing, obviously, right? So Love is this number two young guy that plays preseason games. Maybe you, maybe he's no one's going to offer you a lot for him, and he and he wouldn't. You you give him his fifth year. He maybe even extend him. Maybe he's willing to stay. No one, all right, Rogers isn't going to play till he's 50. <laughs> I am going to get my chance eventually, right? And then you just ride it out a little longer. I mean, I don't think Jordan Love would be in demand as a free. I mean, I mean, if we're, if we're talking three or three, four years down the road, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks coming out of college in the next three or four years. Is a rusty Jordan Love worth more than a first round pick out of? Alabama or Oklahoma or Florida? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be a lot to vet. It's all, a lot we're, to, again. We're 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 throwing things completely up in the air now, but sure. it's all possible. It's 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 going to it's going to be intriguing. That that's the only word I like. But you know, what happens over the next? Well, I think the big thing here is we finally got a glimpse into the mindset of Rodgers in terms of 
what he's thinking, how he feels, because what we all want to know is, at least for me, am I even going to have a remote chance of having to sit through another what we went through in 2008? Now, that's the selfish part of me as a fan that doesn't want to deal with that again. I don't want to have to deal with the ribbing from everybody and all the negativity that would surround the Packers. But I think Rodgers did a good job of quashing that, and I honestly don't think that was the direction that he was going to go anyway. But he was asked, and maybe this is a good opportunity to transition the conversation a little bit, about the wide receiver situation because the Packers didn't draft one. I know they brought Reggie Begleton in as the, the Canadian CFL guy, and and there's always undrafted free agency, and there's you know who knows what else is going to happen before training camp starts. But everybody loves to note which names Aaron Rodgers calls out. We were talking a bit before we started. We heard Equinemius St. Brown's name. We heard Marquez Valdez-Scanling's name. We heard Jay Kumaro's name. Devin Funches mentioned a couple times the – the relationship between Rodgers and the wide receivers, you know, he he mentioned that he liked the fact that the coaching staff felt confident that none of the receivers were going to be none of none of the draft picks that they could post potentially bring in were going to beat out the guys that they have. I mean, you don't you want to have you want that confidence in the receiver group, but there's been a lot of questions about whether or not this group can take a, a step forward. I mean, Paul, for you, I'd have to imagine it's it's similar maybe to what I'm thinking, which is you're assuming EQ takes a step forward coming off an injury year. Marquez Valdez-Scantling takes a step forward after taking a step back in year two. I mean, there's there's a lot of ifs there in order to make all of that stuff kind of go together and, and make it all make sense. Yeah, and they're going to have to um, if we're going to see the passing game improve. Um, in, return, in regards to MVS, Rodgers uses the terms that he has a ton of confidence in him. But Equinamia St. Brown is who he talked about the most. I think he brought him up. Um, he brought him up when he was asked about the returning receivers, but I think he brought him up another two times just on his own in the conversation. Um, and he's always had a bit of an affinity for him. EQ popped a little during his rookie year, uh, made some big plays last year in the preseason before he got injured. Rogers spoke highly of him then, so he's always been a fan of his. Um, and EQ, he, had, he was a six-round pick, but many had a higher grade on him than that so I don't necessarily know he's your typical sixth round draft pick um, he's got the speed and the size and he could give them that big slot presence um, that they didn't really have last year with Geronimo Allison struggling with drops and just um, an, an, an inability to create after the catch so he's someone that I'm definitely watching um, same with MVS and then Alan Lazard you know he raved about him as well and how big his contributions were during the second half of the season, and Rodgers also added. I know fans weren't necessarily uh, big on the offseason, but Rodgers did add on his own. I like what Brian has done in regards to this offseason. Sure. Mark, you're th- I mean, as far as Rodgers naming names, we've talked about it before. I mean, you know, probably a good sign that you've got a quarterback that's committed to trying to make this, this group better, and if he's got a little bit of a push now, there's a guy behind him you know, I'm I'm wondering if that doesn't maybe help the offense a little or the passing game a little bit. Oh, sure. And I, I got your clickbait headline for you. Rogers ignores Devontae Adams. <laughs> yeah. Adams not one of our keys, Rogers at Rogers. At <laughs> <laughs> hey, you didn't mention him, right? But listen, getting back you know, just first on the on the on the wide receivers, with Funches, Lazard, St. Brown. MVS, um, Kumaral, who you said he mentioned, and, and the kid from Canada. I mean, you got six guys there that – and here's the thing. None of them 
You have Devontae Adams. I know Aaron didn't mention him for obvious reasons. You don't have to. He's a top five receiver in the, in the league right now, I think. I think he's that good. Um, so all these guys, they, they only have to be twos or threes. That, we're not asking any of these guys to come in and be a star. Mm-hmm. You got your star, you know? So if if these guys can be what they're – an MVS, you know, he – he had a bad half year last year. His first half of the season wasn't terrible. He had a good game against the Eagles. He had a good game against the Raiders. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of, I don't know, it was, and it could be injuries. If you remember, a lot of people didn't like Devontae Adams after his second year. A lot of people wanted to cut Devontae Adams before year three. But he was hurt year two. And then he got healthy and, and was good. It could be the same thing with MBS. I don't know. Paul? Yeah, and I just wanted to add, too, I know that the the wide receiver group's been a big topic of conversation for obvious reasons. They did underwhelm a bit last year outside of Adams and second half Al Lazard. But they have a lot of solid players here. What they didn't have was a two. They have a lot of guys who can be three, fours, and fives, and hopefully one of them steps up into that two role. But all, you know, MVS, EQ, Alan Lazard, Devin Funches, all of these guys, Jake Kumro, they've all made plays at the NFL level. So they have good depth there. It's just who can take that step and do it more consistently. Yeah. I, 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 you know what I was going to, well, I was, I was going to say Mark um, real quick and maybe we come back to it is we should circle back and talk about Equinemia St. Brown. Cause he had a couple of really nice looks and, and plays during the 2018 season we didn't get to see in 2019. There's more than just a little bit of smoke coming up from that fire of he can be really good this year. Right, I agree. I think, I mean, they, there's a lot of potential at YBC. Right? Potential is, is it just what it is, potential. But Lazard showed things last at the end of last year. St. Brown, like you said, showed things in 18. And that's a shame that he got hurt last year. Who knows what if, – if he would have played last year and and – progressed the way we a lot of us think he, he may have, nobody would even be talking about wide receiver. Wide receiver wouldn't even, wouldn't even been listed as a need, right? They would say, oh, the Packers are fine at wide receiver. They got Adams. They got St. Brown. Lazard, you know, on and on. So let's see what he can do. And this, the kid from Canada, again, I don't know a lot about him, but I know everywhere he's been. Now, he's been at lower levels, Lamar University and the CFL. But the son of a gun produces He's the all-time leading re- receiver in, in his college history, and he caught a hundred was 111 passes last year in Canada. I mean, that's a lot. Of, I don't care where you're playing or who you're playing against. That's a lot of catches. Yeah, they've got some decent options. You know, they really do. And and Rogers did towards the end of the the conference call. He did he did talk about Devontae Adams. It wasn't as much. It was just he said he's a big key. He's the dynamic guy. He acknowledged him. You know, of course. I think you kind of take for granted Devontae's going to be Devontae because for reasons like you said, Mark, he's a top five guy. I really honestly think he is. I mean, his footwork is – I wouldn't want to have to line up and cover him. I mean, even if it was, you know, 15 years ago, I'd still be worried that I'm going to sprain an ankle. Just trying to – didn't, didn't Darius Slay call him the, the toughest guy he, he ever had to cover? Yep. He was one of them, and they you know they kind of grew up together, coming up through in the in the NFL together. So that's that's some respect because Slay is one of the top corners, or you know at least has been one of the top corners in the league. So there's no question about it. And you hope that 
he's going to help kind of some of these other guys develop and, and maybe Devontae takes on the mentor role in the wide receiver room with some of these younger guys. I mean, we, we didn't even mention the tight ends. Um, you know, Roger said he was glad to have the big dog, Mercedes Lewis, back. To me, I think that's that's a comfort thing for Rodgers. Mercedes Lewis is never going to be a big, vital part of the offense. If anything, that'll be Jay Sternberger and maybe Robert Tanyan playing a role uh, beyond special teams there. Uh, but the pass catcher is obviously going to be really important. I mean, with EQ, going back to that, I know we're spending a lot of time talking about him, but I got reminded of, of we know about the sideline catch he made against the San Francisco 49ers. I happened to be in Lambeau for that game. That was an incredible catch to watch. And he had a big one against the Jets in that last victory of, of the 2018 season. He had a big play against the Jets. So he showed up. I mean, he's his route running is, is pretty decent. And he was, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, wasn't, wasn't he projected as high as the fourth round, or was oh, it some, some had him even in the third? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he fell he fell all the way to six. So, and the know, reason the re, the, some of the reasons I heard from different people I talked to was the overbearing family. His father's kind of a wacko, a little bit like, isn't he? <laughs> I don't want to be. Yeah, I think he said cheetahs don't stretch, and neither do we. Which, yeah. uh, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, but I think I think they were also he was maybe also the victim of the fact that Lavar Ball was all over the news around that same time, and everybody was a little leery of Are we going to have another media parent? Yeah, he's not quite on that level, but he did scare some teams off. I think the Packers don't play that game. You know, if there's anything, you know, with, as far as the media goes, they they keep it under control pretty well. So, except for um, apparently media members muting their phones when they're not speaking in conference calls, but that's not anything new there. So, you know, the passing game will take some steps forwards. I think, you know, Paul, you jump in with anything else that you heard that you thought was was kind of big from this. The one thing that that I heard was how much can the Packers count on their rookies this year versus a normal offseason because – you don't have the same number of gatherings. You know, they asked him about 2011 when they didn't have an off season because of the lockout or the CBA negotiations. And, you know, is it going to be similar? Is it different? You know, what else did you hear or do you want to expound on that as far as whether or not you think that's going to, going to affect the rookies? And we don't really know much about them and how well they study or, or how smart they are. Yeah, and in line with that, Rogers said that with all these home workouts and the Zoom calls and all that stuff, he said the the self the self motivators are going to be the one who show up to training camp or whenever all of this gets started, the most on track. You know, there are some who work better in a group environment when there's someone there to kind of instruct them and tell them what to do during practice and all that. But the self motivators, and hopefully that's what most of these guys are. Um, they're going to be the ones who are the most ready to go. Uh, a few other things that I noticed in terms of having Mercedes Lewis back, Rogers emphasized um, obviously his blocking ability. We know that what he can do there. He's done it his whole career and at a high level, but also what he brings to the locker room. He says he's just a really a really good fit there. And then another interesting thing that I thought was, despite the Packers going 13 and three last year, we all know that many. Uh, media members and whoever else ragged on them for not being a good 13 and three team, whatever, whatever that means. Um, so Roger said he doesn't expect that there will be quote sky high expectations for the 2020 season. And I imagine that's probably going to be true, especially after the draft that many are left quite, were left scratching their heads on. Um, and I know we talked about this, but I want to go back to the wristband. Um, they meant Rogers mentioned keeping that just to help pick up the tempo. I wrote about this two weeks ago, so this might not 
I'm in the ballpark. I think I believe the Packers rank 26 in the NFL in terms of plays every um, like 28.8 seconds. They weren't up in there. Yeah, they weren't high. No, and oh, no. Uh, they took the clock down close to zero a lot. And I and I would love to see them get back into more of that up tempo. And even if it's not running the line of scrimmage and snapping every time, at least get to the line of scrimmage. Um, keep the defense off balance. So I think that that's going to be something that's going to be an area where, you know, outside of, you know, the actual play of the receivers, Rogers, all that stuff, that's going to be something pre-snap that they can do um, that I think will make a difference this year if they can play quicker. I agree, but I will say this. I think there's a lot of credence to the idea that Aaron Rodgers does not like to give the football away. And one of the ways to guarantee that you're not giving the defense any extra time or, you know, time to adjust. And of course, once the ball snapped, the play clock doesn't matter anyway. But I think a lot of him taking the play clock down was because he wanted up until the very last second to see what this defense was going to do. And if they were disguising Mark, I'm sure you probably saw the same thing. And we heard a lot about that. We know Rogers doesn't like to throw the ball away. And that's one way to make sure that you, you, you get the defense to show their hand is you take the play clock all the way down. And we all know that Aaron Rodgers is also very big on, you know, cadence and getting teams to jump um which you know he's been the best at that probably maybe the best of all time at that so that's another reason when the clock goes down but again back to what paul said i, I kind of you know there's a time and a place for for both i mean you know you can come out in a, a no huddle and open the game just to surprise the defense too or or do it in the middle you know whatever and then you know late and it's the fourth quarter and you have the lead no i don't want up tempo then i want to milk the clock and you think that's when the clock's your your friend. Yeah, and I don't expect them to be a running gun team, but even if they just hurry to the line of scrimmage and then they can run through, you know, Rodgers can do his cadence, check the defense, but, you know, leaving the huddle with eight seconds left and everyone's hurrying up and all of that, that definitely has to improve. Mark, were you there when Chip Kelly was in yeah. Philadelphia? That was crazy. Was that not a marathon trying to cover those games with all those offensive snaps? And I mean, you couldn't even look down to write a sentence. No, it was. It, you're, you're right. It was. It was. It took a while to get used to, it. and even practice. I mean, watching practice was like, wow. I mean, listen, it didn't end well for Chip, but those first two years were were, were pretty good. And I, I'll never say a bad word about Chip Kelly because he made my job fun for a couple of years. I mean, it was, it was, it was. Like I said, it was like nothing we had ever seen, and, and nobody's ever seen. Um, they, they they didn't waste they didn't wait talk about not wasting time. Oh man, they didn't even like I said, even practice was was entertaining. And practice is usually boring after a while, but it, it, Chip Kelly's practice training camp was as entertaining as one has been in I've seen a lot of them and that was that ranked right up there. Right. And it, as fans we become accustomed oh, to and kind oh, of conditioned oh, to want oh, more oh, to want oh, to want more offense. So that's just kind of what we've what we we want to see more of, and if it's a, more offense means more snaps, more plays being run at a, at a time, and you know, but you hope as far as the Packers go that that means that they're going to be they're going to be good plays. Um, let me I, since I didn't hear the whole the Rogers thing, I, I read about it, but was he asked or did he address the fact that we think they're going to be more run oriented? Did was he? Did anybody ask him about the you know, drafting AJ Dillon and and the and the and the H back and um, no one, no one thought to bring that up. Huh? Uh, no, not that. No, not that I uh, heard. I missed the first portion of it. But from when I picked up on that, actually was not uh, brought up at all. But that would have been a really good question. Yeah, I mean that's kind of, you know, 
And again, I, I did a story for Packer Report, was it last week, whatever, on the last time the Packers ran the ball more than they threw it was 2003. When they had, uh, when Amon Green ran for whatever many yards and they had Najee Davenport and Tony Fisher as well. Oh, you mean, you mean a year in which they probably should have gone to the Super Bowl, Mark? Well, they could have. I'm, I got <laughs> Everyone assumes they would, they would have gone to Canada. No, Carolina. I don't, not, a, but it, they could have got there. Sure. They should at least got the NFC Championship. And they have already made a big jump in 2018 under McCarthy. They led the NFL in pass percentage. I think they're close to 68%. Last year they raked 16th at 59%. Um, so it sounds like it might be that number might be dropping even a little bit more, but I, I, I don't think it's still going to be that fifty-fifty yet. It well, still is Aaron Rodgers under center. I was Brett Favre under center in, in 03. and this is what I wanted to point out because I, I didn't know what I was going to find when I looked this stuff up. But in 03, when they ran the ball more than they threw it, Favre had his most touchdown passes in like six years had his second-best completion percentage of his career. So it wasn't like Favre had a they, – they, you know, they ran the ball at the expense of Brett Favre. Favre had a great year because they ran the ball more. It, it probably – it set up play action more for him. It, it, you know, it took some pressure off him. And I think that could – it could work the same way this year. If they – if they're – if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams – I think you know. I don't. Dylan, I, I don't is an unknown to me, but I, I know what Jones can do, and I know what Williams can do. But if they have a three-headed monster there that can really be a strong run game, it's only going to make Rodgers better. Well, Not, part part of that, dude, that's a good point. And part of that, I think, having watched a lot of both quarterbacks play, Mark, you did too, Paul. You watched some Favre as well. Is and I'm just throwing Favre. it out there, personality-wise. Brett Favre uh, would walk up to the line, look at the defense and say, screw you, we're going to run the play that's called, and we're going to beat you, and watch this. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, I think, sometimes likes to say, I've got an opportunity here. I think I can outsmart or I can be a step quicker than this guy. And all of a sudden, the RPO is a P instead of an R. Or no. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of the way the way I see that there. And you have to let these guys play within their personality that just kind of brings me around to kind of a, a, a summary of the whole thing, which is I, I like the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't coming out full of piss and vinegar and acting like he's going to try to take over the world and declaring that he's going to be an M MVP in 2020 and the Packers are, are, you know, stamp it, we're going to the Super Bowl, we're going to the playoffs. He was very even keel, and he was, I think, very true to himself. And I think he obviously – this was just, this was a big – this was a big – Chance, uh, you know, chance for him for his voice to be heard, and he knew that every single word he said was going to be dissected. And I, I honestly think that the majority of what he said was Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't the team telling him what to say. And that's one one nice thing is that this this is a guy that I think knows how to handle himself from a, a PR perspective. Some people will disagree because they have opinions on how his body language has been, and there's some questions about his leadership and all that other stuff that doesn't really have a whole lot of basis or foundation but you know Paul was there anything else since I know you and I listened to it live am I missing any other major points that we haven't touched on at all no we went through all the major ones that I had and just to reiterate it I thought he did excellent he was you know positive without being fake you know the genuineness of him and just honest overall I, 
don't think we could have asked of, of much more from him, especially as Mark said, this isn't something that he had to do. This isn't, you know, league mandated press conference. So um, I thought it was good. Help him get out in front of it. Absolutely. 100%. So as I usually do before we wrap up, guys, uh, Mark, we'll start with you. Anything coming up in Packer Report this week we should be on the lookout for? I'll have some stories. I don't know what yet, but I'll have something. <laughs> Give me the weekend to think about it. Going to the old vault. I'm, I'm, I'm open to ideas. Email me, text me, whatever. <laughs> All right. Mark, Mark Eccles, Mark Eccles DMs are open if anybody wants to send him a message or an idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm open. Paul, what about you, Cheesehead TV, Dairy Land Express? Yeah, right now I'm going through uh, position by position, just a preview. So I'll go through for training camp. I've gone through all 90 players on the roster, and then also just taking, you know, looks ahead to the upcoming season and what can we expect, what we can expect from some players and position groups. Awesome. Well, you can find all their great work. Mark's over at Packer Report. Paul's at Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV, and you'll find me occasionally at Dairyland Express as well. Gentlemen, it's been a great time. We'll let you get back to the sunshine, and we'll do this again in another week. Everybody enjoy your weekend, and go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.